Welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. So we're really excited by that, amen? Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, we're going to carry on our uh, Take a Breath uh, series. Who's, who's enjoying this time of just really finding what it is to, to enjoy the presence of the Lord and, and to understand the, the, the life and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and how He moves through us? Um, I, I think that what I want to speak about this morning is, um, was actually in my message preparation uh, over the last few weeks, I've, I've actually written around six messages in the last two weeks, um, of which whether I'll preach them or not remains to be seen. And, uh, but I've written them because I've just been doing a lot of writing and a, and a lot of preparation for, uh, for what the Spirit of God is saying. And, and in that, a lot of revelation coming. And, and so my message to you this morning is something which was originally just a side point, a side note, but I felt very much um, this morning uh, that I should make it the main point and, and mute all the other points and maybe we'll come back to them at, an, at another point, another time. But I want to speak about our understanding of the, the way the Holy Spirit moves in our life, the way He moves in our life, not just he moves like a wind or he moves like the breath or a fire or, or those kind of descriptions or, or, or the fact that as a spirit-filled and a Pentecostal church, the, the definition, the, the highlight of the Holy Spirit is the power and demonstration of, of, his, uh, of his anointing upon us when he heals people, when he sets people free, when he fills them. Uh, when his spirit and they speak with tongues, when people people's lives are just that that powerful impartation, amen. That that is kind of like the highlight of the of the church of the Holy Spirit as he as he moves through that, and and it's our confession, Lord. We want to see more miracles, Lord. We want to see you do um, a full restoration of people's lives, Lord. We we want to see this incredible miracle that you do as you step. Uh, into the church and radically change and transform people in a moment. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, we're transformed in a moment. You can be wrestling with something for many, many years, but when they are filled with the Spirit, it's, it's an instantaneous shift and change. But, but those moments, nonetheless, are not every week. In every person. Are you with me here? Uh, I was uh, watching um, Bill Johnson uh, video Bethel Church and um, uh, I was listening to some of the testimonies of the miracles. They, they have a lot of miracles in that church. You know why? Because they're always praying for the sick. <laughs> A lot of miracles. I mean, if you're not always praying for the sick, then, then the odds of miracles are going to be <laughs> dramatically reduced. It's like, you, you've got to be praying for a lot of people to see miracles. And, and uh, what, I, what I love just hearing is, is before he speaks, he'll often give a few testimony of, of cancers that have been healed and, and, and all of those kind of moments. And in all of those stories, they're inspiring. They, they, they lift your heart and, and, and they, they lift that 
hope and expectancy within your heart, but what they do is they set within you uh, a purpose that that God has called you for greater things. But here's the, here's the thing that you must also measure. You're talking about a church that runs, I don't know how many thousand people it holds, the congregation holds. It, it, it looks to me like a, a, a 1,500, 2,000 seater room perhaps, maybe not as big as that. I, I'm not entirely sure, just an educated guess. And, and I know they run multiple services. So let's say um, they're running around 7,000 people and he describes three or four miracles a week. Now you can see, right? You see with the congregation, you can see that the miracles are happening. Powerful miracles are happening. But the ratio through the environment, and not only that, because of the style of church that they are, they like Hillsong, um, like uh, Planet Shakers, um, like a number of different churches. Their their churches have been raised to be a worldwide voice. Yeah. Which means that people are travelling around the world to get there, to get the miracle, for the miracle to happen. You with me here? So, so we have to understand that, that miracles, etc., should be an everyday part of our life. There, there should be that expectancy. I know that God can do wonderful, powerful things. But where we, the Christians often misunderstand the, the, the life of the Holy Spirit, when that isn't happening, they think He isn't there. And if that's the case, how can you go from the Holy Spirit isn't here to the Holy Spirit healing? How can you step from one to the other? Like, like some kind of sort of schizophrenic kind of... Like that's, that's why many Christians are struggling in their faith because they're not always experiencing that, that miracle life. I want to speak about the way the Holy Spirit moves. Let's just go to a very... Familiar scripture to many people, maybe you've not heard it before, but it's John chapter 7 and verse 38. Now Jesus said this, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I wonder if we might be able to deal with the, um, the toilet tone. <laughs> it's that echo in the place, isn't it? And uh, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we understand that Jesus is speaking to us and he's saying, those who believe in me, out of their belly will flow Rivers of living water. I want to speak about the three levels, the three places in the way the Holy Spirit moves through our life, leading to that place of miracle, supernatural power. And we do that. The first one is this in John chapter 20. It's, a, it's an obscure moment. It's kind of one of, it's a point of scripture that's caused many people some sort of question. It's, It's that point of receiving. Jesus said in John 20, 21, he said this. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. By the way, they're they're all in this room. Jesus has has been revealing himself, uh, but he's yet to ascend into heaven. And and so there's this kind of confusion that's going on. And Thomas is like, I don't know. And and, uh, all the others are like, well, I saw him. Oh, I don't know whether I did. And and, uh, so this is all going on. And Jesus suddenly turns up in the room and he goes, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, 
He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now the baptism of the Spirit wouldn't happen for another 50 odd days, right? So he should, this is before they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. So there is a receiving of the Holy Spirit that is not the same as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you understand that the Holy Spirit that we receive, see, you see, many people would say the baptism, it's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit when people are, are just flooded in that, that overwhelming where, you, where new tongues and miracles and, and that transformation, that's, that's the, the, when the Holy Spirit comes. But that is, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He, he's in all places at all time. When Jesus said receive the Holy Spirit, they received the Holy Spirit. They just weren't baptized in the Spirit yet, which was what Jesus has was leading them to the place. But it's important to understand that as part of our life journey, that our relationship with the Lord is to receive of the Holy Spirit. Before we understand the power, we must understand His presence. You see, the receiving of the Holy Spirit is something we do all the time without even knowing we're doing it. Many Christians are doing, when you come into, in worship, there was a breakthrough point. It came about three quarters of the way through the second song. When Lynn was leading worship, the congregation, dare I say, was a little quiet this morning. And uh, at the first point, but something suddenly broke in the anointing. And as they were leading, Lynn was just going, something, bam! The Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit began to touch. And from that moment on, people started entering, entering into to the presence of the Holy Spirit, receiving from Him His presence. And the receiving is one of the most important things to understand what happens. Because what happens when we do a prayer house on on a Sunday night, one of the most critical things is that it is happening is this drenching, this this receiving of the Holy Spirit. And when I say receiving, you'll see people from teenagers to, to the elderly and, and, and all of us in the middle and, uh, <laughs> and everyone there. And they're just away with the presence of the Lord. In the end, the presence of God so many times just, just comes so thick that you just don't know what to do. The meeting's finished and we're still sitting there for another <laughs> 10 minutes going. <laughs> and then we go home. I mean, Monday morning we get up and we go to work. So what was that moment all about? (laughs) What was that all about? If you think it wasn't about anything, you've entirely missed what Jesus was doing when he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. His presence is a prophetic voice that is leading you into change. Here's the thing. Nothing changes without the prophetic. Jesus is telling you, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, but in between that time, receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive His presence. And His presence is always prophetic. It's a beautiful moment. Listen to this, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, 9 to 10. This is Ezekiel and he's been 
led into a place of a valley of dry bones. And also he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. You see, when, when we're called to receive of the Holy Spirit, we are called to receive of his presence because his presence speaks of an outpouring that will flow through our lives in a time when God is choosing. So we are prophesying shift and transformation and change. See, see, God is always moving in your life, but there are times and there are moments when God is shifting other situations and other circumstances that have to line up first. Are you with me here? So the presence of the Lord is always available because His Word is always there. His Word brings forth His presence and His presence speaks of the tangible relationship of the Holy Spirit walking with you, leading you and speaking an expectancy and a hope that God is doing something new in this place. When we planted this church, we received such an outpouring of receiving of the presence of God. We spent most of the time just drunk and uh, we, we, when I say drunk we weren't drunk with liquor we were drunk in the Holy Ghost and, and there was this, this drenching of the presence of the Lord but the congregation was tiny and it was tiny for some years but we kept getting drunk anyway why? because we were speaking of a shift and a change and the Holy Spirit was speaking something but I want to tell you something as we sought the presence of the Lord we began to feel his presence and his presence began to shift and change all of the things that we had spoken out over he led us into breakthrough but you can't have breakthrough without presence yeah, yeah come on Are you with me here? yeah First step along your life. If you're, you've got to get, oh, I just, I need the Holy Spirit. I need, I need power. Actually, what you need is presence. Yeah. Yeah. Presence. Yeah. Power is something that comes after another critical point, which is called waiting. And waiting is something that is not passive, but it's, waiting is about use, not about. It's not about God. You say, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit. That sounds like you've arrived and the Holy Spirit's late. (laughs) I'm here, I'm ready. Holy Spirit, any time you want to turn up. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit. But that's, that's not what waiting is all about. Jesus said to them, he said, let me just go back. Oh, I haven't got it. <laughs> Here we go. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
So Jesus said, you shall receive the promise, wait now for the promise of the Father. And one of the most important things we have to understand through scripture is that how Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit all working in unison to bring about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's very easy to just talk about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit, you can't separate the Holy Spirit from the Father or the Son any more than you can take my soul and my emotions or my spirit man away from my physical body. We all came to church together this morning. <laughs> my, my body didn't, didn't turn up and my spirit man sat at the door or my soul stood outside having a cigarette. <laughs> There's, that we, I came to church this morning as one person. You can't separate the Lord. And so, but we have to understand that each nature, each um, character, each personality, identity of the Holy Spirit is important for us to understand the work that he's doing. When he says, wait for the promise of the Father... We have to then understand that the promise of the Father is about knowing who you are. You see, it's in the waiting. We sing that song, it, it's in the waiting. See, the waiting is about sonship. It's not about just waiting. Let me read you this. Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. And because you are sons, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Slaves cannot minister Holy Spirit power slaves it's about sonship it's about your inheritance sonship the Holy Spirit you can have the presence of the Lord now but for his power he needs to do a work of sonship and 99% of all your troubles are in the waiting because God is dealing with the attitude of sonship and slavery yeah. within your heart. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, see, see, most of our time, we spend time receiving. We, we receive, receive. I want, I want more than receiving. I, I want power. But what the Holy Spirit in the prophetic, as he's speaking out over your future, what he's saying to you is this. I want you to learn to, how to be a son yeah. that you might minister my power. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You with me? You understand that? You see, it's not about. It's 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 not about just just getting everything because oh, I'm ready. Our hearts often fail us because we still think and feel like slaves. We still think and feel like victims. We still think and feel like, like we've served God. And if you spend your time thinking, well, I did this and I did that and, and I never got my reward, then that's, that's a servant mentality, not a son mentality, yeah. is it not? Yeah. 
The son owns the house. All of you who are in charge of your own house. You don't get up in the morning and get your breakfast and then, you know, maybe you leave a few coffee cups on the side and a few plates and you don't look at it when you come home and go, oh, flipping out, I'm going to have to tidy this. You might like, I don't want to tidy this sometimes if you've had a long day, but you've still got to tidy it, right? Or maybe you tidied it before you left if you're particularly detailed, not me. And uh, so, and uh, so, but you do the chores because you own the house, and you don't say to yourself, "Well, I've done all this. Why? Why have I haven't got a reward?" No one's going to reward you for doing the work of your house, right? No one's going to come down. I mean, if you've got children and you come down and they do it, you you appreciate them doing it and you and you thank them for doing it you're putting value into that because you want them to know that one day nobody else is going to do it for them and they're going to have to do it themselves <laughs> and, and they're just going to have to do that and and so you see sons own the house and if we spend our time saying well lord i i i've been a witness for you and and nothing's happened by the way, the Holy Spirit said you will be witnesses. He didn't say you will go and witness. Did you be witnesses of my power? We spend our time, too much of the time, trying to do what God does. He said you will be witnesses of my power, not go and witness. Side note, anyway. See, here, here we have to... We come back to the Holy Spirit wants to address our heart of sonship. Sons own the house. Sons and daughters, we are we are ones who own the house. We own the kingdom of God. We are joint heirs with Christ, the Bible says. If I am a joint heir, I become jointly responsible. When AWPR, uh, that company for the for the that company that went bust, I can't remember the name of the company that went under. There were three companies that went under, uh, three companies doing the, the AWPR road um, around Aberdeen. One of them went bust. The other two were jointly responsible and had to pick up the bill. You understand me here? Because they equally held. We are joint heirs. That makes us jointly and individually responsible for the kingdom of God sorry (laughs) but a joint heir makes you a joint receiver of its wealth and inheritance and the right to live in the fullness not as a slave or a servant as an employee of the kingdom of God I may receive a salary from the church but I am not an employee of the Lord he is not my boss he is my father there's a different reward system in place it means that a greater burden of responsibility 
comes with a far greater reward and inheritance. An employee will work his entire life. He may even get a good wage. But at the end of that wage, he'll leave and have nothing other than the wage he worked for. But a son will always inherit what the father has given. You can't have the power if you can't inherit it. It's all about your ability to inherit it, not earn it. And so, it's in the waiting. Jesus said, wait here, tarry here. In, in Luke, at the same point, Jesus said it twice to them because he said it in, in Acts 1, but also in, in Luke's gospel, he said to them when he turned up and had said, uh, breathed on them, he said, tarry here. I don't know whether you use exact, exact words. Because <laughs> that's a very old English, isn't it? <laughs> Tarry here in Jerusalem. Wait here. Because what the Lord was doing was dealing with the issue of sonship. It has been said by many people uh, as commentators, and it's not a scriptural point, but it, Jesus appeared to 500, but there were only 120 on the day of Pentecost. What happened to the others? I don't know what happened to the others. But possibly, some of them never managed to deal with the issue of waiting as sons, discovering sonship, and so they, they weren't able to receive and inherit because they didn't take ownership of what was going on around them. Rather, as a servant, if you work for someone and they don't pay you, you're out of the door, aren't you? You're not going to, well, I'm not working anymore until I get my money. But a son doesn't say that. A son says, this is mine. And so we've got to, every time we're going, Lord, I can't do this anymore because you haven't rewarded me. Well, it belongs, the kingdom of God belongs to you. It's the sonship that you've got to discover in your heart. And that leads us to the power. In Acts chapter 2, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were just sons and daughters of the king. And suddenly there was a loud sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house and they were where they were sitting. And they, there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And he goes on... Um, it goes on to say how, as, as Peter spoke to them, that, the, uh, that many, many thousands came into the kingdom, or 3,000 were added. In other words, there is a day of power that comes from sonship. Yeah. Sonship comes by the waiting. The waiting is the process. The waiting is always the long bit in the middle. It's always the long bit. But here's the thing. The receiving... Is something that happens all the way along. And so God's power, His demonstration of power will continue to come. In fact, there are many moments. I, I wrote down a number of scriptures. Acts 4.8, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke to the rulers and they saw the boldness with which he spoke. Acts 4.31, 
And when they prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Spirit and spoke the word with boldness. At 6, 5 to 10, Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit and faith and the Jews could not withstand the wisdom with which he spoke. Acts 7, 55, Stephen filled with the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Acts 11, Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit and faith and a large company was added to the Lord. Acts 13, Paul filled with the Holy Spirit looked um, at uh, Elemis and I deleted the rest of the <laughs> I haven't got the rest so here we go we see that in all of these scriptures we see that the Holy Spirit was poured out again and again and again there is great demonstration of power my friends I want you to have an expectancy of the power of God to lift up your eyes that God can radically change and transform every circumstance every situation but let us hunger for his presence and let us walk in our waiting in the sonship of who we really are because when you're walking as sons of the king there will always be at any moment a demonstration of the power of God as he moves upon you. Amen? Let's stand up, shall we? Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com